You never know where our next guest will show up. He could be here. Or here. Or even here. Wherever he is, you can't help but notice and feel his positive energy and attitude. As a global startup advocate for AWS, he's been all over the world sharing his passion for startups and helping them get started with AWS. If you're a startup and looking to find out more information around the programs, including AWS Activate, then stick around because we're talking with Mark Burge, Global Startup Advocate at AWS. Now, before I bring Mark onto the show, don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notify. All right, it's time to bring Mark onto the show. Please join me in welcoming Global Startup Advocate for AWS, Mark Burge. Mark, thanks for joining me, man. Dude, it's awesome. So glad we could do this. Uh, again, first of all, I first we had a chance to officially meet in person in San Francisco. Then we did an improv thing at the DC Summit, and then you were at our book signing event this past Tuesday in New York, dude. It's completely awesome to have you show up and you know collaborate with you on these. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> uh, was yours signed? I believe it is. All right, by just the authors. Yes, uh, yes, and Mike. I got that too. Okay, just check in. <laughs> nice. Yeah, right. be a, an heirloom. <laughs> it is definitely. I love the book. So, Mark, I have seen you travel. First of all, I didn't even know you were like, I, I saw you hit the invite that you'll be there, but I was like, wait, you were supposed to be in San Francisco, but you're traveling all over the place. Let's talk about Mark and what Mark does at AWS as a global startup advocate and what that means. Sure, sure. It's, uh, it's a fairly unique role. Uh, there's only one of me here at AWS. Uh, we hope to have more, so it's not just global startup advocate, but essentially what a startup advocate is, is we're uh, an organization within the developer relations group. And most of my colleagues in developer relations, you know, they're all coders, software developers. They've been out there, they've done some pretty cool stuff. And they're out there helping developers to better understand how to get the most out of building on AWS. Now, I'm a unique bird in this because I focus not only just on startups, whereas my colleagues may talk to developers in big enterprises, to students, people that are hobbyists, whatever. I focus on startups and specifically startup founders, whether they're technical or non-technical, to help these founders understand and get the most out of the different programs and services that we offer that allow startups to build, grow, and scale faster on AWS. Okay, the different types of programs that are available. I actually, that wasn't even one of the things I wanted to touch on, but I'm curious, what are some of the programs? Say I am a CEO, I wish maybe someday or whatever it is, uh, of a startup. What are some of the programs that are available to me as a startup? Well, you know, for future startup CEO, John Meyer, you can first leverage AWS Activate. And this is a program we've had for quite some time that most people figure is just credits, which is important for your cloud costs, but it's also support, it's education, it's content that's relevant for the stage that you're at as a startup. There's partnerships and deals that, you allow you to use different services for a discounted rate. So there's a lot of things that are packed in there that can be really helpful at the early stages, you know, such as if you have a question about 
you know, an architecture decision or which service to use. You can leverage AWS Activate and use the console to help guide you along the way, as well as to manage your costs as you're building out your MVP and as you launch it out there into the world. Well, that's a lot of support for a startup or like a CEO thinking about, you know, getting into that from AWS and that investment. Can I ask you, like, why? I mean, is it the whole, like, you know, learn, growth, the IT, the skills, everything, or the relationship or back to AWS's leadership principles, you know, customer obsessed? I think it always comes down to the, the attitude that we have from the very beginning, really just from the very beginning of Amazon, which is focus on the customer first and work backwards. And what that means is that we want to not just build stuff for the sake of building stuff. I think there's a lot of, a lot of that that happens out there and it doesn't really lead to great results for customers or end users. And so our perspective was we talk to customers first and we figure out, okay, from what they're saying or how they're behaving, what is really the, the core issue at hand and how best to solve that through technology and through taking a lot of that undifferentiated heavy lifting that often many founders are doing in the early stages and saying, let's help you take that off the table so you can focus most on what's important for you to be a successful startup, which is to build a business model which is repeatable and scalable. Now, startups, if we think about the criticality of startups in our growing global ecosystem and how much economic impact that has, it's, it's the future. And you may say, well, well, there's a lot of like really big companies like banks or energy or healthcare or what have you that employ lots and lots of people. But if you look at the past 10 years in particular, and you look at companies like Airbnb and Uber and so many other startups that have gone from just an idea to being multi-billion dollar companies, they've changed industries and they've created massive amounts of innovation. And that is what we look at when we look at the entire impact of where the cloud is going. The cloud is still very, very nascent. Only 4% of the workloads globally are in the cloud. And a lot of that has to do with a lot of the legacy or enterprise type companies or, or you know, small to mid-sized businesses are still kind of inching along into that journey for transforming. But startups, they're starting cloud native. And that really is the default architecture of the future for anything you build. And so investing in startups is our way of saying we're investing in the future. And if you think about that, what that investment looks like, we've already invested $2 billion of AWS credits over the past two years into startups. Nice. That's a good number to, uh, you know, throw out there and the achievement that goes behind it, not only just the credits, but everything else that comes behind the program of AWS Activate. Are there other programs available to me as like a CEO of a very small startup and a startup of one? Me right here. (laughs) Startup of one. Uh, It's a journey which does start to activate because you think about the the expanse of, of startups that are around globally, right? We're talking about potentially you know, 500,000 or more every year. And so it, it's hard to, to be as customer obsessed on a one-to-one basis. So leveraging activates really a way of us scaling the value that we can provide for as many startups as possible to get started. 
and we give them a thousand dollars credit as soon as they apply and get accepted as a activate founder tier member. But as they grow in scale, there's going to be more services that that can be applied. So a startup can get up to up to $100,000 USD in credits if they maybe join an accelerator program, if they work with some of our partners like Carta or Brex or Silicon Valley Bank, or to get uh, institutional funding from VCs like a Sequoia or A16Z. So that's generally the journey for many of the startups that are in our active portfolio. But there's other things as well. For example, I just gave a talk at the AWS Startup Loft in San Francisco on the topic of founder-led sales, right? And it was a, a fascinating opportunity for founders to come in to a dedicated space just for startups that are in the Activate program to listen to that type of high-value programming, whether it's talk, talks on go-to-market strategy, uh, talks on particular services like Amplify, uh, whether it's you know how to leverage AWS for things like cost-optimizing your, your spend in the cloud or architecting security. So there's a lot of different topics that we have and content throughout the loft. So that's something that's accessible to activate founders in San Francisco and in New York, as well as our virtual loft platform that allows any startup activate member to access the virtual loft and virtual ask an expert bar. So you can ask questions to get some help around your know, architecture questions you may have. So those are some of the beginning type of programs. But then, you know, as a startup starts to build, grow, they're getting traction, they're getting funding, like things really, they're, they're really uh, hitting on all cylinders. Then there's things like the, the partner program or APN to become a partner. If you are an independent software vendor or providing like just a software service that could be valuable to other AWS customers, you can place that on the AWS marketplace. And then there's other types of services that are leveraged through our, our group, our AWS dedicated startups team, many of whom come from startups and have been startup founders, CTOs, uh, operators. And there's programs like the Connections Program that can allow us to connect promising startups to investors. So there's a bunch of different things that, you know, as you're progressing in your journey as a, as a startup, you can start to apply and leverage because those programs are readily available to startups at a, at a stage appropriate uh, point in time. Let's talk about the loss for a second. Yeah. When I was at AWS, there was the New York and the San Francisco loft. Yes. I was actually at the New York loft uh, recently. I was at the San Francisco loft for the opening yes, of right. the San Francisco after two years as a startup one. But it, they weren't always a startup loft. They kind of switched over to that. Or what was the progression of the loft changing over either to startup and behind that? It was actually always intended to be the was startup it? loft. Yeah. Oh, okay. Beginning. I've never heard the term of a startup. I just heard AWS or San Francisco, yeah. the, the loft. And I was like, what do you mean the loft? I did a couple pictures in both locations, but I never heard it as a startup one. Yeah. I mean, I, we may have like added startup loft just to emphasize that over time, but or I just dropped it. Open, <laughs> yeah. When the lofts opened, it was, I would say we've taken a little bit of a change of strategy because before it used to just be open to everyone. Mm-hmm. And we recognize over time that we really want to make this valuable for AWS customers. Okay. And so people can come into the loft when it comes to things like programming. We give a talk. 
borders and vent. Those things are free, but to be able to use the law for say co-working space or the ask the experts bar or some of the other types of programs that we have set up within the loft, those are only available to activate members. So as a CEO for a startup, right? Say I want to- CEO, present. John Meyer. Yeah, yeah. CEO, John, John Meyer, podcast CEO, right? I, I want to present at the loft. A, can I present as an AWS activate, uh, you know, I'm part of that program. How does that process work? I think it's definitely avenues. You know, it's not necessarily a direct way because we're trying to find different ways of pre- presenting program. It's going to be compelling to other founders. Yep. So one of the things that we always talk about at AWS, and this goes back to our leadership principles is have high standards, have the highest standards. And so that's something we call raising the bar internally, as you well know, and being a, a, a bar raiser, whether it's through hiring or public speaking, uh, that, that's a very important part of our DNA. So whatever we do from an Amazon perspective, we also want to make sure that we're doing it in the, the best way possible. And so we think about that pretty much in terms of all the program that you see. So that's why sometimes you, you feel like, wow, this is this feels like really like well-produced and the folks are, are very well rehearsed and they, they understand their topics really well because we don't let anyone just kind of get up on the stage and say, hey, let me just present stuff. Uh, we want to make sure that one, the content is going to be above our bar. So it's going to be valuable content. It's going to be practical that you can use, whether it's technical content or business content. And that the person that is delivering the content is also at the highest bar of being able to be a, a person that can convey and present that information with high credibility. I love how you use a lot of leadership principles and snuck in highest yeah, bar, bar raiser, true Amazonian style. <laughs> love it. Uh, that's it. I just had, you know, it's funny because I just had a blog post in my newsletter, DevBizOps, which I've been doing for like four years now. But uh, in that post, I talked about two years at Amazon because a few weeks ago, it was my second year at Amazon. And so I thought about like all of these different things, like these phrases you hear it, you know, when you're at AWS, like two pizza teams or you know, day one or uh, doc reads, right? Like you know, the whole like narrative culture that we have at AWS and, and all these like different Amazonian things. You know, even what I said before about working backwards, right? Mm-hmm. There's even a book called Working Backwards, right? I've got, by the way. About- it was written huh? by one of Jeff Barr's uh, former managers. It's a really good book. Yeah, yeah. I have not read it yet. Well, oh, like, quite okay. a few. I won't, I won't uh, put it on your list. I will. But I got like, I get through the AWS cookbook first. Yeah. You know, so there's like, you know, some, there's a priority. There's a queue there. As flying as you do, though, you've got some time, I have to tell <laughs> you, because the Wi Fi can't work all the time on the plane. Unfortunately, that works too well. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, Oh, I'm working away. I'm working away. And then like after like, you know, six hour flight from New York to San Francisco, it's like, oh, we're landing. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, you know, I just, you know, you start to pick up these terms and you, and you rattle them off and you don't give it a second thought. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, sometimes I catch myself, you know, maybe saying like an Amazonian type thing to my, to my wife mm-hmm. or my kids. And I'm like, wait, wait I got to roll that back. I have no idea. So I wrote a, a blog post called, uh, you know, two years at Amazon. 
where I talk a lot about the, the kind of language, the culture, the, the, the whole thing around AWS and the things I kind of learned and distilled over time. Well, I saw the article. I read it. Great article that you put together. Keep doing Thanks. it. Uh, actually, I think it was the first time I seen one of your articles come up like two years. I'm like, only two years? Man, I, I swear you've been there longer. <laughs> but in AWS style, two years is like, you know, if you t- equate the dog years, man, you're like 14 years in or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. I, I don't want, I don't want to go like, like right here. Like, uh... Wait a second. What's wrong with <laughs> what? the inner, man? I don't know. What? Not mentioning uh, names. Not mentioning names. Uh, but I gotta ask you, all your videos, everything you do. When I meet you in person, even when you're off camera, I swear you're always smiling, always full of energy, <laughs> always happy. Like I mean, seriously, like that. We we were on the uh, the floor in the summits. Uh, talking the moment you got off the elevator in New York, I wasn't expecting you because I was going down to help somebody out. You came off, I was like, Mark, and he's like, Am I at the right floor? And like, joking with me, it was, How are you always full of energy, man? You're just like me, by the way, but we'll go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I if I really need to be just like John, I I, I need to get like the, like the 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 orange swoosh kind of you know, going on in the sideburns here. I don't know if I can really do it all, as effectively as you because I have the, the the super dark hair. I know. That, that, I have that, it in my right pocket there. from the event. Oh, that's uh. just wild. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, honestly, I think part of it is you know I've been really fortunate in my career, and people say like, oh, you know, it's like how, how do you become like a you know, what you do, like, you sounds like you have such a great job. And I always, always caveat that by uh, two things. One, you know, it's definitely been a pretty long, twisty journey to get to this point in time in my career. And, you know, the second thing is that, you know, I, I am a, a spokesperson. I am the outward facing uh, person representing AWS startups. And that, that's a huge responsibility. Right. So, yeah, I'm always conscientious in terms of how I present and where I'm at. And it's always with that that view in mind that when I'm out there in public and even like more private settings, I'm still that representative and I still need to uphold all that we are as as an organization. But. This doesn't happen, you know, overnight. Like it doesn't. You know, I don't get from like A to B, and it's like some some warp drive or some like wormhole. It was a career that started with just having lots of different interests, and not only different interests, but being interested in people. And so I actually started my career well first as a as a as a trader on the floor of an exchange quickly switched to software developer because I kind of saw like this whole thing about like yelling in a pit, like it sounds kind of cool and fascinating, but then I realized like you could be like, honestly, any, any idiot doing like this whole, like, you know, the whole hand thing and buying and selling commodities. And it's a very easy industry as I was looking around to disrupt. And I'm looking at all these, all these kids that are out in Silicon Valley creating just industries from scratch in code. And I'm thinking, wow, if they ever look at what we're doing, all what we're doing is buying and selling, it's just code. 
Yep. And that could be way better automated and through through software. And eventually, like that's what what happened in equities, in commodities, and a whole bunch of industries that we're seeing. You know, the digitization of these industries is happening at a faster and faster pace. And so I just said, I looked at that and I had this epiphany, like I need to be the person that's writing the software. And so I did a 108 career uh, switch, got, uh, got a job as a software engineer, a junior software developer, and worked my way up, uh, got thrown into a sales career. By wait, 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 I gotta accident. jump in here. What code were you writing? What language? Just oh, it was uh, C, C++. Uh... Uh, so it was, this was like a little bit old school and a lot of SQL because we were building high transaction systems for banks and telcos and manufacturers. And so these were highly transactional database applications. And eventually we also brought that to the web. So I was doing a lot of HTML, JavaScript, uh, <laughs> Perl. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was like some pretty antiquated tools. You know, it wasn't like, like you know, being like the cool kids doing Rust, right? So it was uh, definitely some more lower level, old school uh, development work, but it gave me a real appreciation of how things work. Uh, I got to understand, like, what are the what are the fundamentals of making a database performant? I got to understand how do you network, you know, a bunch of Linux boxes together, right, to create a network. I had to learn all that from scratch, like how to build security routines, then you know how to salt passwords, for example. Like, I learned the fundamentals that I often think, you know, as I look to you know, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of folks are coming into startups or developers. They don't necessarily have a lot of experience. They haven't built a lot of ro- real world systems, and you know, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that you can mess up. And technology's gotten just way more complex, just because you know, the things that we're trying to do are a lot more complex. When you start to think about this, you know, we used to not have to think about scaling to millions or even billions, right? Yeah. You know, if you think about the scale of Amazon in our retail operations. So we've had to think about a completely different way of computing. And now all the different layers on top of that and all the abstractions. And so I think today's developer, uh, they're just inundated with all these responsibilities, all these things they have to learn. And this is why having platforms like AWS is so critical because you're not going to be able to take care of all of the all of the ins and outs like I had to when I got started because it's just not possible. And that's why I always encourage startup founders, you know, use the tools, you know, but don't build from scratch. Like don't go ahead and build your own code pipelines, you know, use tools that AWS provides for managing your code pipeline. You know, don't build your own security, you know, use IAM, use like, uh, use guard duty, use these tools that will automate a lot of that for you. Uh, and oftentimes, a lot of times when I'm talking to startup founders, sometimes it's to try and you know, walk them back to saying, oh, you know what? Uh, maybe you should be using this particular service or, or that service and not have to build all that stuff you're talking about from the ground up. Right. Yeah. No, quick question, Mario. I want to go back to you. You were a software developer and from there, no, not not that role specifically. Okay, because we won't react that. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, 
Where'd you go from there? How did you get to be a global startup advocate? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at a software developer and, and typically if you think of a software developer, they're not actually out there publicly speaking. They're not a face of a, of a company. They're developing it. They're passing it off to the, you know, everybody else who is then promoting it. How'd you get to where you are? Cause now you went from what you were doing to a 180 of software developer to now a 180 of back. Like it's not a, a, a full circle. Oh, yeah. Like, how'd you get there? Well, one of the things that I was starting to do as a, as a developer is I was going on site helping customers. And I really love that. Uh, to me, that's what was exciting, like not just write code, but to see the results, to interact with people, to understand what is it they're really trying to get to? What, what's the real problem? And I, I suppose some folks said, hey, this guy works well with, with customers. You and, play well with others. <laughs> and yeah, well, look, I'm not, I don't think that's, you know, I think it's an interesting sentiment about you know, how software developers are. But the reality is that you know, software developers are much like, you know, any other field. You know, there's people that are more reserved. There's people that are more out there. Yep. Uh, I know plenty of, uh, plenty of my friends that I've, you know, kind of worked my way up in terms of ranks of software engineering that have also been musicians that have had bands that went out on tour. I mean, I was a musician. For example. Wait, whoa, so, whoa, wait a second. A musician. Wait, I don't mean to ch- jump in there. What, what did you play? Wait, oh man, I can't we'll save this to later. A musician. What did you do? <laughs> so I, uh, so I was a uh, guitarist and singer in heavy metal bands for many, many years. Okay. We're coming back to this. Come back into you, how you got right. to be an advocate. But, we're coming back. In any to case, this. so like, you know, developers, there's developers of all stripes, you know, some of them are really good at just being out there and talking about stuff and, and helping and teaching others what to do. And some of those people become these developer advocates that you see uh, oftentimes in Twitter or speaking at events. And, you know, some folks in, that I was working with were like, hey, uh, all the salespeople quit in your office. Why don't you sell? <laughs> I'm like, what? So uh, I just got thrown into the fire. Uh, I didn't know anything, and I, I wasn't really comfortable doing that. I joined a company called Siebel not too long afterwards as a technical sales engineer, which meant I was back in the technology, but I had customer interaction. But very quickly, again, they said, you know what? You're really good with customers, and you understand the financial services world, so we're going to send you out back to New York because I moved to San Francisco. So they sent me back to New York, and I was a sales rep and I did really well, did that for quite a few years, all the way through Oracle, uh, had management responsibilities. And then I became a soft, uh, a tech founder. I just said, you know, I'm done with big companies. Like I see all these big problems not being solved and I want to, I want to take a chance. So, uh, you know, back in 2007, I got together with some folks We put together an HR analytics workforce solution, uh, went out there to market, financial crash kind of came. We couldn't raise money to really keep ourselves going. And we had software, we had customers, but ultimately it just looked like it was going to be a, a real, a real dog fight. So we, we shut that down, but I, w- I, I got the bug. I'm like, I, I can, I, I love startups. Like I'm never leaving. And so I started investing. I started to mentor startups. I was an advisor for a bunch, uh, some of whom did really well, like Datadog. And from there, I just became this person that would help startups, sometimes in a, in a part-time capacity, sometimes in a full-time capacity. So I joined Stack Overflow 
and was with them for three years to start a business from the ground up to sell Stack Overflow's Q&A platform as a service for companies to manage their own knowledge. And that became a phenomenally successful business. Now, how does that actually all equate to being this person, a startup advocate? Well, in order to do a lot of this stuff, well, one, you have to, you have to love being out there with people and you, wanna, you have to have a heart to help. Like that's where things start in terms of your motivation. It's how am I doing, how am I creating more value in this world for others? And I've always had that other orientation. And yeah, it's not that I don't care about myself. I also do, but I've always felt that I can be of help to others. If I can be, let me do that. And so I think part of it's just like an internal motivation. The other part is having a little bit of that diverse experience, you know, having been both on the tech side, the business side, having had the experience of being a founder and seeing ups and downs gives me a really unique perspective that helps me kind of have a lot more empathy and understanding when I'm speaking with founders about the things that they really need and the things that they are telling me that if I feel our problems or things that we're not addressing from the AWS side, I know how to take care of them and how to potentially set up a program or to fix something on, on our end to help our startup founders be more successful. So, you know, it's a little bit like I'm a convoluted, there's not like a straight line in any of this. And I think people from, people feel like maybe I need to specialize. And I'm of, I'm of a very different mindset. I think there's definitely a need for people who specialize and like they're the database guru or they're DevOps not a guru. startup though. Or, 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 they're, or they're like the, yeah. the biz, biz dev, you know, gal. But yeah. I ultimately feel like there's a, a, there's a huge open area for people that have, that can connect and see these different things and different fields and different industries. And that's where you see innovation. That's where you see a lot of the, the spark of, of getting people excited to be an influencer and to be as helpful as you can be because you have these diversity of experiences. And that's exactly what a startup advocate can bring to the table. I don't think you need to specialize because I think as a startup advocate, and you mentioned it because uh, if you specialize, now you're really centering upon something specific here. You can actually broaden your horizon to a lot of options and you have more you're not, I don't want to say narrow-minded, uh, but you're not narrowing on a one service. You're looking at all of it. And then when you're hard, like a startup, they're not going to be specific on one service. They're going to be testing and trying to do different things. And you're helping them and guiding them along the way. I do have to tell you that AWS has definitely chosen the right person for this role. I don't know how many people <laughs> they went through with the interview or loop process. I would love to know those stats because thank you. it's, and uh, no BS, man, because of your personality, you're smiling, your passion for it, and definitely the whole aspect of raising the bar. I mean, I, I follow you on all the social stuff and the posts that you share and what you're doing out there and the messages that you're sending out are right. Keep it up, man. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility and it's global in nature. And so... From my vantage point, it's you know, where where are we being the most impactful when it comes to the work that we do for startups? And so you know, our focus, you know, we're here in the U.S. and 
you know, went to a bunch of summits and we kind of, you know, viewed that lens of, you know, what's going on here in the U.S. with startups and with Silicon Valley and New York and L.A., Austin, Boston, like all these places that are these startup centers. And that's amazing. And that will continue to go on for hopefully many, many years. But I'm also excited about what's happening in places like Nigeria or in Indonesia or in Colombia, or in Poland, like all these places that are these burdening startup communities where you have lots of folks that are, are learning the technology. There's a, a thirst for that education and for STEM careers and looking at the cloud as an opportunity to break through and to not only to attain uh, financial stability, but also to innovate, to change their environment to bring an entirely new set of services and capabilities and programs to their countries. And so that's a, a, a huge area that from an AWS standpoint that we look at when we look at the ways that we invest, the ways that we engage. And that's why we, we, we've made the effort to set up you know, such a wide expanse of, of regions and availability zones, like launching in Jakarta, which was like a you know, huge, huge, just, just a huge announcement and a huge uplift for the Indonesian startup community and the Indonesia you know, community at large, just opening up a lot more opportunities for startups now have a region of their own to, to plug into, to keep their data there. Uh, they don't have to worry about data sovereignty issues and to be able to build, grow and scale their startups in their own region. And we're continuing to put that investment in. And so from my perspective, I look at what's going on globally and it helps me get a, a real sense and a balance of what's really needed and where we can kind of best utilize our resources and where we can best spend our time to be impactful and to provide those opportunities. And there's like amazing programs that we're putting together you know, just from an education standpoint alone. You know, this whole announcement about helping to train 29 million people on cloud computing skills by 2025. Huge initiative. You know, other initiatives like our impact accelerator that we uh, just uh, announced several, uh, I think several weeks ago. And now we have our first cohort of black founders here in the US. So that's 25 startups and their founders that are getting together for an eight week program. We're going to get uh, actual funding, like money in their, in their nice. hand for the startups. They're going to get $100,000 worth of uh, AWS Activate credits, a whole bunch of uh, education. Huge accomplishment there. Mentoring. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to continue those cohorts with women, with Latinx, with LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ. And we're going to continue that as a program. We're also doing accelerators in, in EMEA. So serving startup founders on a continuous monthly basis where we have cohorts of, I think, upwards of 20 startups. Wow. Where we're, again, providing credits, providing technical support, mentorship. In fact, I do a bunch of mentorship sessions for that accelerator program in EMEA. I do uh, some speaking things as well. So I did a, a talk on hiring and setting up your culture as a startup founder. And so it's just like all these programs we're doing on a global basis in different regions to have that impact. And that, like that, that's the thing that gets me so passionate is that 
I can see the results. Like it's a lot of hard work. <laughs> it's a ton of work. I do have to say, uh, I'm still smiling while I'm still sleep deprived. <laughs> I got to fix that one. Like that, that's not a long-term strategy. Uh, the sleep deprivation point that is, uh, but you know, what keeps me smiling is that, and that's why I joined AWS. I could have continued on at Stack Overflow. We were doing really well. I was actually thinking about leaving and starting on my own and doing my own startup again. But the opportunity to join AWS and have impact and to deliver results, as I started to talk to people, like the initial hiring manager, I went through the loop. And I spoke to other people I knew that were already within AWS. It was pretty apparent to me that it would be a completely asinine to not take this opportunity. I, I love that. <laughs> that would be a, a, definitely a decision you regret. Uh, I, I, something you'll look back on, and it was def, it was one of those decisions that uh, you actually wait. You said so two years, twenty twenty, right? One yeah, year after, one year after me. Wow! Congratulations uh, on it. Now you're a global startup advocate of one. You said that you're looking to hire more because this is definitely yes. not sustainable for a global. Where are you looking now? And like, what's the first thing you're looking for in a person? Well, we actually have an open headcount in EMEA. Well, for the EMEA region, but the role uh, just for whole host reasons has to be based in London. Yep. So hopefully anyone that's listening, if you are in London. Uh, I, I will post about it. I, I will be marking it. <laughs> Don't forget to take a look at the link in the uh, description below for uh, the job and role. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, we actually did fill the role in the US. So we have someone that's in San Francisco and she's been, uh, she's been on the ground for at least like a month now or a month and a half. So I think she's going to be awesome. And we're going to go from there. We're going to see what other, what other regions we should have a region-specific person focused on. So, uh, so that will be uh, in the works. Uh, lighten your load come. a little bit. Uh, so that will be good for you so that you can focus and not have to travel. I mean, literally, you were just in New York, San Francisco. You're back in New York now. So I'm uh, back in San Francisco next week. Oh, well, already then. I, so speaking of events, uh, San Francisco next week, an event that, that's happening or just customer stuff or when's your next event? Customer stuff. So okay. People think that, uh, you know, as a spokesperson, I'm just the person that, that's the mouthpiece and I talk on you know, podcasts and uh, yeah, yeah, I get yeah, that I too. Blogs, so I, I speak, I do like the, I'm like the Jeff Barr of the startup world. Uh, yeah. But Hey, that's actually, a good now uh, comparison, by the way. Take that with what that's perfect. I may. That's a good idea. You uh, just uh, seriously, uh, you look at All where right. he is and where you're at, and the visibility and what you're doing. I don't mean to interrupt you, but the visibility and the comparison. If somebody ever compared you to that, that's a compliment, one hundred percent. No, I, I I look up to Jeff. He's to me, he's like the originator. He is like the the OG of you know all things tech evangelism. So uh, I've gotten, I've only just now gotten to know Jeff and I just, he, he just blows me away. Like uh, the humility, the, the, the sense of, you know, how he presents himself to the world, which is completely genuine. Like there, there's no, 
you know, there's no heirs. There's no, there's no other side. Yeah. When you speak to Jeff, it, whether it's Jeff on social, Jeff in real life, Jeff with family, it's Jeff. And it's like super refreshing. So I take, I, I take lots of notes from, uh, from Jeff's playbook in terms of how he's successfully navigated being an evangelist. And for any folks uh, listening, if, I mean, you had that great interview just recently with Jeff Bard. I just watched, which was amazing, by the way. Thank you. Uh, great job. Uh, but like, just follow Jeff and what he does. And I think you'll get a, a real genuine sense of what it means to truly be in that, that evangelist shoes. Yep. He's but an awesome back- friend, mentor, everything. Just uh, actually, my title was inspired by him. So that's true. Both chief evangelists. Yeah. yeah. All right. So where are you going next? What's your summits? Okay. And w- what's right. this next so- step? Where can we so- see Mark next advocating <laughs> at for startups and talking? All right. So a lot of times there'll be specific events, right? Because, you know, as a spokesperson, I'm supposed to be speaking to lots and lots of people. But there's also a lot of different types of engagements. Again, it always comes down to what's going to be most impactful. Mm-hmm. It's no good talking to 5,000 people if none of them care about, start, they're not startup founders or they don't care about cloud. So, you know, it's, it's where you're going to be impactful. So there's also times when I'm helping startups on a one-to-one basis. So I'm still mentoring. I advise startup founders uh, because some come up to me and, you know, if I can't really help them, I'm, I'm very upfront. But there's some that I say, okay, well, I do have some expertise. I may be able to, you know, give you some guidance or, you know, throw out some questions that kind of help you through your thinking. So there are startups I do help. And so when I'm going to go out to San Francisco, I'm going to meet up with some of those startups and founders, one of whom will be coming from, uh, from Singapore, as a matter of fact. And we're going to be uh, doing an event together. So that'll be fun. Nice. And then I'm going to be... Uh, be out in LA to meet up with some, uh, you know, again, a lot more one-on-one meetings with investors, with startup founders. So going to be out down there in LA, then back to New York. And then we'll see, like I, I've left the summer a bit open, but we'll definitely be getting together, John, yes. in New York city. Yes, we will. No, no. Well, and Obviously, you're in New York. I'm about an hour and a half away. I will be there bright and early. There has got to be, I don't know, 12,000 plus people. It's going to be huge. It's going to be packed. It's going to be great, impactful. I'm looking to make a good presence and talk to so many people, not only on using like NOPS, but also just, you know, evangelizing products and talking to people on why they're out there and kind of doing some improv podcasts. Because, you know me, I got to just wing it as we go. No, I love it. I love the spontaneity. I think it, it works really well. Like I think capturing uh, folks in the moment, not trying to be you know over overproduced or processed, yep. but just you know keep it you know, genuine and just keep the the content flowing. Yep. So keep doing what you're doing. That's awesome. Thank you, Mark. I really appreciate it, Mark. Before we close things out, do you have anything you want to leave with the audience? Anything that's on the top of your mind or passion? Maybe a few inspiring words to startups and CEOs like the John Meyer podcast. Yeah, CEO of John Meyer Podcast or you know, the would-be CEOs of, yeah. of any startups out there. You know, a few things you know, come to mind. One is being an entrepreneur can feel really lonely. And I've been there, but there are people that can help. 
And that's one of the things that's been, that's been a real uh, bright spot from my time at AWS is my colleagues on the AWS startups team are truly brilliantly, just well, brilliant, but also incredibly dedicated to helping startups. So like, we are an organization which is here to help. We're not this faceless, you know, massive organization. We definitely have taken the approach in the startups world to, to be on the ground, to doing what we can to help customers. So that's like first and foremost. Like, so anyone that's out there kind of think about, you know, where they're going to build, like, you know, what provider, I think that's an important consideration. You know, the technology is critical, but also the, the partner that you work with, that's going to be the infrastructure that your startup is building on. The uh, more on the personal note, it's like I, I do a whole host of interviews with startup founders, investors, startup operators called the AWS Startup Show. And I run these on an app called Clubhouse. You know, some people are like, oh, is Clubhouse still a thing? We've actually made it a thing. And we've had 250 of these shows that we've run since uh, last year in March. So we've had 250, just, well, we've actually had more guests because sometimes we've had panels, but we've had like so much great content, everything from, you know, just cloud technologies to biotech, the fintech, you know, we've had underrepresented founders. We've talked about uh, banking and underserved communities. So we, we've, we've run the gamut of topics. And so the AWS Startup Show is a really great place. If you're looking for inspiration, for practical tips on uh, things that help entrepreneurs to be successful. Uh, definitely a lot of lessons learned there. So check it out, the AWS Startup Show on Clubhouse, AWS Startups Club there. And you'll see all the past episodes. Or if you just follow me on Clubhouse, you'll see it all. And then lastly, uh, I talk oftentimes about community and community building. And it's a core aspect of what I do as a startup advocate. So if anyone has questions about uh, how to build, grow, and scale community, I'd be happy to talk about that as well. In fact, hopefully you don't mind, but I do have a book on this topic. Go for it, man. Ooh. Oh, go, community. Go, go, up a little, go up a little bit. I'm going to see community in a box. Ooh, all right. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to do. So what I'll do is I'll drop a link in the description below for the book, uh, the clubhouse. By the way, I almost forgot about the clubhouse. Thanks for throwing that in, man. That was that's actually pretty good. Also, Mark's LinkedIn profile. You got a, a Twitter, everything, man. He's he's one <laughs> you have to follow on social. He's got a lot of great information. He doesn't post just anything. He does pick and choose and make sure that it is valuable to you reading it because he knows your time and scrolling is valuable. Yes. Uh, <laughs> nice. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, this is this is a pleasure. You know, I I knew as soon as we we connected uh back out there in San Francisco, like, dude, this is awesome. Uh we are simpatico and looking forward to to many, many opportunities to chat, meet, and do things like this. Uh, you can guarantee we're doing something in New York. So in one month, we've got something yes. going. I got some new gear to test out too, by the way. So we're going to, yeah, yeah. I was going to bring it on, but I won't. Uh, but no, seriously, Mark, thanks for connecting. Thanks for allowing me to do that spontaneous video of the San Francisco Law startup. I literally, like I messaged him one morning. I was like, I got this crazy idea for your startup thing. What do you think? And Mark's like, let's do it. 
and I threw it together. I had it uploading in the Uber onto the airport and had it posted before I got to the plane. That, that was wild. I'm like, wait, I, I thought, okay, it's going to be a few days. And I'm like, no, it was like right there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Time is of the essence for everything. And I try to make things quick as easy and, and do that. So Mark, thank you so much for joining. There's a lot more we got to do a lot more of these events, either in person, social, more lofts, whatever it is. I enjoy these conversations with you. Yeah, 100%. Love it. All right, everybody. Mark Burge, Global Startup Advocate for AWS. My name's John Meyer, your host. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notify because guess what? We're out of here.